this time around, I think it's been really good doing CrossFit while I was pregnant from the very beginning because um, it helped keep a lot of things more sturdy. There was one time that I got sedentary and the only reason was because <laughs> I'd done, I think it was like three cycles of P90X at this point and Suzette likes to remember it as if I skipped all the leg days. So nutrition for us, um, because we grew up in a small southern town, um, grew up eating a lot of more like home-cooked meals, which means like soups are in every casserole and lots of butter. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. We have an, another couple on the podcast today. Ben and Suzette Bumgardner share their fitness journey. You're going to hear a lot about what they do for a living, which is really cool. They own Alpha Sports Chiropractic, but you'll also get to hear their fitness journey. Enjoy. I'm Ben Bumgardner. I am 28. I'm Suzette. I'm 26. We have one daughter right now who is going to be two in April. And then another one on the way due beginning of March, so could be any time now, so I'm a little over eight months pregnant, so it's yeah. fun. Boy or girl? Boy this time around, so we'll have pinky and blue. Do you yeah. have a name? Braxton. Braxton. Is it uh, named after anybody in particular, or just you guys, how'd y'all come to that name? We liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all of our names were picked out. His middle name is Chester. And Ben's middle name is Chester, and his grandpa's name was Chester, so he's got that part, but that's about it. Yeah. Very cool. And y'all been kind of busy this last year, so give bit. me, yeah, tell me what you guys have been doing for the last, I guess, year and a half, maybe. Yeah. So we, or I got done working, um, I'm a chiropractor, so I got done working with an Olympic sports doc up in Frisco, December of 16, and then we moved down here the day that I left the practice um, and started setting up our own sports clinic down here in College Station. So the, for the last little bit over a year-ish, we've been setting up our practice, opening it, running it, and now we're just in full swing and treating athletes all day, every day. And so we... And so what's the name of the practice? Alpha Sports Chiropractic. Okay, and how did you guys come up with that name? Alpha Sports Chiropractic. We were going on our five-year anniversary to Arkansas, so we were driving for forever, and we're literally in the car. That's when we were brainstorming everything as far as like baby names. I wasn't even pregnant at all yet. We just thought it'd be fine because we were in a car ride for eight hours. Might as well talk about whatever. Um, and so at that time, we were starting to brainstorm, okay, if we set up our own clinic versus going in with another doctor, um, what would we name it? And so we're going through lots of different names and came up with Alpha Sports. I think we came up with that one in like the first two or three. And I was like, nah, it can't be that easy. Like it sounds good, but let's just keep like brainstorming. And we just kept coming back to it. And like an hour later, we're like, you know, Alpha Sports sounds great. And then I was sitting there and I was like, athletic leaders perfected by habits and actions. I was like, Alpha, yeah, no, that's it. We're <laughs> you done. threw that out yeah. quick. And it was, it literally happened probably in about an hour and we did it all just came together and we we're just like all right well what do we talk about now for the next seven hours that was that was <laughs> fast kids. yeah exactly so we we did that and so you know we'll we'll 
not spend a long time on this, but um, just new business owners, kind of young couple, kind of little baby, like how's this last year been for you guys? Quite a learning experience. Very much so learning. Um, Because we're not only learning, I guess, just as far as being parents to a new kid, but also how to do a business and that at the same time and still be a husband and wife. Um, And so, because before we had, you know, in our five-year plan, um, we had thought, well, we'll be out in the business for a good, you know, three to five years, then we'll start a family because that seems to make sense. And so God in all of his humor thought it'd be funny to do it beforehand. But it's been good. Well, just think your business will almost be as old as your daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And your your son, give her plus or minus a year. Yeah. Well, that's so, so, you know, I think in this, anybody who's running their own business, man, it's, it's, a lot of work I know it and I've seen you guys like just really working so hard and I think one of the things I admire is that how well y'all work together and you know a lot of husband and wives don't work well together mm-hmm. so is there a formula is there a like system y'all have is it just as easy as saying like we get along so we <laughs> can but how do y'all make it look so easy or done well I say this a lot, but Suzette works really well with me. I'm not super sure if I work really well with her, but she compliments my attributes and teaching style and learning style very, very well. So there's like that disc personality test and I'm like very high D and high I and she's very high S and high C. So she, our personality types complement each other well in the workplace. Um, that and we've pretty much gotten along decently well when we were friends before we started dating and then we started dating we didn't really have very many hiccups along the way um suzette does not like to argue so if it's not a big deal and i want had to have something she says okay and then conversation's over but if she ever speaks up and it's like no i think we need to do it this way or no i want to do this instead I'm, i just yield because she never really does that and a lot of times it's because she has some sort of gut feeling and i've learned through unfortunate circumstances to rely on her gut feelings so when she says something i don't even question it i'm just like sure let's do that what about you suzette what would you say to that um the only thing is i remember being um we were in a pre-chiropractic society and there was a wife um that was talking uh i can't remember if she was the doc or her husband was the doc um, but they were working together and i'd asked him like how do you make that work because at that time i didn't really quite know what I was going to do and uh, she had said as long as you know your roles and no one tries to trudge over them you'll do pretty good obviously there's always going to be intersecting points where you're going to like have to hash it out a little bit because that's life um, but as long as like for me I know I'm not the doctor so don't go and try to diagnose people um, that's a like a big one but like you know as far as it is saying just know who know what you're supposed to do and take care of that really really well um and for me i've always been more i guess my spiritual gift is more of servant um than many of the other things so coming alongside people and being more of like a background role is more of my gig than being up front so it works well for me well from 
the outsider's perspective, I have to compliment you guys for doing such a good job at working together because I really see that. And I've been, you know, I've been in your office. I've met with you guys individually. Um, I see you guys coming to the gym and working out, and it's just really awesome to see how well you guys work together. So, let's talk about you know your fitness journeys, when they started, um, how long ago you remember actually caring about working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever wants to kind of chime in there first, give me a background on when you guys were uh, started. I think we've both been athletes from like the get go. So, like, getting into junior high when, like, organized sports are really starting to get ahead because club sports weren't really a thing when we were, you know, nine years old. Um, we, I mean, getting into it then, I know for myself after that is just constantly one sport after another sport after another sport, which constantly means working out, staying in shape, getting faster, stronger, jumping higher, all that kind of stuff. And that just kind of translated I mean, even when we got to a and when we stopped playing, like, organized sports, at least for myself, Suzette played volleyball for a little bit in college. But even then, it was just routine by that point to be working out, be taking care of ourselves. Um, I know that my family genetics are not the greatest in the world when it comes to health. So I've always tried to make sure that I'm going the opposite direction of what I've seen my parents and grandparents do. So that's been a big thing with me. And I always knew that I wanted to work with athletes, and I figured if I got fat and lazy, they wouldn't really want to come in. So, <laughs> held them accountable. Yeah, exactly. That did help me accountable. Like, if I don't practice what I preach, why would anybody else listen to me? So, that's been a big thing for myself. Um, for me, uh, I grew up out on a ranch, and so, and I had two older brothers. One was 10 years older, and one was five years older, so they were always kind of. By the time I got to be old enough, they were at some sort of sport. So I was always at an athletic event of some kind. And so it was just more natural, I guess, to always be active. Um, weekends, we didn't really, like, my parents didn't sit. <laughs> um, it was just more known, like, on Saturday mornings, we would be, like, working cattle or um, building a fence or something like that. And so always kind of doing physical activity of some sort um like I remember every winter we always go and get like two tons of cotton seed and my dad would make make me shovel it into our barns because it would build up core strength for volleyball season <laughs> so it was that was kind of the stuff or like he would get my brother to like go out and like chop wood because you know it was what you do so um always kind of had that and they my, my parents were really good at encouraging just being active in some sort of manner. Um, they didn't, we didn't have cable, so we had to do stuff, I guess. Um, Did y'all know each other back then? We've known each other since junior high. Um, his family, I like to say his family came and invaded my hometown. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. And so uh, Ben's family moved in. When he was in sixth grade, is that right? Yeah. And so. When did y'all start dating? Not until my senior year of high school. Okay. So. My junior year. Yeah, her junior year, my senior year, and uh, that's fun stories. How did so tell us some something because you can't just say fun stories. Is that <laughs> how did you guys end up finally like actually becoming a couple? Uh, ben had to do a lot of work. Yeah. He was he was the 
he was ba- he was the womanizer of the high school. Then um, you're a you were a womanizer. Very much Man. so. He was he was not the best, and so we um, he had, we had been friends for a long time just because our town was too small to not be friends with people. You basically cut off half the town if you decided not to be friends. So. That we're in the same sports all the time. And we're always in the same sports, so we just were around each other. Um, so we were good friends. Like, it wasn't like anything bad or hostile. It was just kind of, just wasn't ever thought that way. And he thought one day, like, because he was just cocky and could get anybody. So he asked me, um, would I ever date him? And I was like, nope. <laughs> Real, just. Yeah, just like that. Why? She said, no. And I was like, well, why not? She's like, you don't want to know why. I was like, come on, tell me. She's like, do you, you really don't want to know why? It's like, just lay it on me. I can handle it. She said, fine. And then about 45 minutes later, my heart was on the ground. She had cut it open, poured some salt in there, <laughs> stomping on it. <laughs> I figured out that I was not good enough. Because that's initially, initially, that's what she said. She said, no. And I said, why? She said, you're not good enough. And I said, oh. And I was like, do you remember who I am? And she's like, yes. <laughs> I know exactly who you are. And I was like... Okay. So, so at some point, obviously, things changed. <laughs> yes. So I had compiled, like, like any little good Baptist girl, um, you compile a list that all of your Sunday school teachers have, like, made you do throughout your life of what is the good, godly Christian man supposed to be. So I've had this list that I've been making for years, you know? Like 60 um, bullet points. I had a lot of bullets on there. And so it, it was more of just, like, I had it in my head, but it was the whole, wait, hold on. MySpace it was age. MySpace era. So I put it on my MySpace because one of my friends was asking about it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll show her. Like, this is great. Like, she needs to know what a good godly man is, you know? I thought I'd spread my wisdom. Well, he got a hold of the list and was like, hey, if I complete this list, will you go out on a date with me? And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Thinking like, he'll last a week. Yeah. Maybe. Because some of them were... Some of the things on the list were very continual, and some of them were, you know, one and done kind of check off things. And so it was, I, I didn't think he would last very long. But I had, you know, the hometown that we grew up in is basically half of my family. And so, like, my uncle's a teacher, my aunt works at the bank. One of my, the same uncle that is a teacher is also the editor of the newspaper. And, like, my best friend's dad was his Sunday school teacher. So, like, many connections. And then, uh, I guess the woman that my mom worked with, um, her husband was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And, and so, so I was a quarterback in high school, so that's my main guy that I was with all the yeah. time, so was he, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So he always watched Ben, so he could fill in his wife, who would tell my mom, who would tell me of anything that happened. So he would watch what would happen in the locker room, which was one of my big things, was you have to act the same in front of me as you do in the locker room. Because I did Boys are nasty. Like, they're just bad. And when they get in the locker room, they get worse. And so I knew. So he had to, he had to finish a list. And he did. He did good. It took me about six months. 17-year-old me. Ugh. Man, that is awesome. That shows your, your dedication and perseverance, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Something. <laughs> so yeah. going back to... Fitness story. So tell me, like, in junior, I mean, in high school, you guys played sports, and then going to college, was there a big, y'all both came to a Suzette originally went to Hardin-Simmons to play volleyball, okay. and then I convinced her that she needed to come down to the promised land. Oh, so you played sport, you played college volleyball. 
I started out too. So um, all that off-season training your dad had you do was really good. It worked out. Um, it actually was, I guess, a blessing in disguise. So I started out, I did all the off-season. I did all the summer workouts, all the nasty stuff that no one ever enjoys, which I really enjoyed, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and then got there, and the, the team dynamic, I guess, was just not what I had expected um, in the sense of it was – Hart Simmons is a – private Christian school, I thought, hey, like, this would be awesome, be around a lot of, like, really awesome godly women, totally build me up, it'll be sweet, and we'll play volleyball and have a great time at the same time, um, and it was not that way, so a little naive me came into a group of people that, there was a few really great ones, but as a majority was not, so, uh, had to learn the hard way that, that wasn't where I was meant to be, but it was okay, um, I was ready to be a student versus being an athlete all the time. Yeah, so y'all were dating a couple years at that point, and I guess you came over to A&M after that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so that was, I guess we had just gotten engaged. I had started at Harden-Simmons with volleyball, and then was like, this is not for me. I don't want to be here. So Ben was like, well, just come to A&M. It'll be fun. So Y'all got engaged right after you graduated high school? After I did, yeah. Mm. Man, Ben, you just knew, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you I did that list. You said, "Man, this is it." Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a couple things that let me know that I didn't need to let her go. One of them was like, I think we were like a sophomore in high school. She was like a freshman. She's like walking across the band hall because we were both in band as well. And I remember thinking, "Man, that's probably somebody that it's probably somebody like that that God wants me to be with." Um, lo and behold, it was her, but. Later on, I remember thinking, like, I was at her graduation, and I was, at this point, I was pretty sure that I knew that I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. I just wasn't even close to thinking I wanted to, like, propose. But then I started thinking, man, she's about to be in a lot bigger pond with a lot better fish than me. So, I I think I need to lock this down before she gets anywhere (laughs) and finds out that I'm not the best. So, took her on, like, a little summer vacation that my family was going on, went to Atlantis, and then... Ended up proposing to her on the beach at sunset, and she fortunately said yes. So when I met you guys at Dr. Drew's, y'all were married, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all, yeah, y'all are, but y'all were still students. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how old were you guys when you got married? I was 19. And I was 20. No. She was 19 by like seven days. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we originally got engaged. We were expecting to not get married until after our senior year and try to graduate A&M. But she's that grandfather who had cancer for... A long years time um, was like, hey, I can't last that long. I would appreciate it if you like bumped it up. And he was like, how how do you feel about getting? We got engaged in June or July, and she's like, he's like, how do you feel about getting married in January? She said, no, I won't get married in January, but I will get married next May. So I'll bump it up to May, but you have to last until May. And he said, okay. And so we ended up having like a nine to ten month engagement, um, getting married four years sooner than what we were expecting to, but. Grandfather made it, and then two weeks later passed away, so it ended up being pretty surreal and pretty, ended up being really good. So your, your grandfather was able to make it to mm-hmm. the wedding. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. And it was, it was really pretty cool, because at that time, the cancer that he had had, he had melanoma, so it had, um, it had spread to his brain at that point, so he had tumors all in his brain, and so like all looking at it, he shouldn't have been really coherent, I guess. Um, and he was. He was totally like conversational. Obviously, you know, his body was kind of withered away, but like mentally, he was there and able to focus. 
Um, and then we left for our wedding, and my mom said pretty much the day after, like mentally he started just like really fading quickly. Um, like Ben said, it was maybe about two weeks after that that he passed away. So it was kind of a mm. it was a cool thing on our part to be like, okay, that was that was good. He was yeah, good. that is. How was being a college student? I mean, basically your entire college was married. Yep. I mean that that could be a, a also part of this making y'all so good at working together because college is kind of like work. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, obviously you weren't taking the same classes and doing things like that, but being able to kind of go to college at the same time and understand that, hey, work is work and, you know, personal time or quality time is something different. Maybe that's kind of helping function you guys together as a working couple. How was college together? Well, we actually have the same degree. So we actually were in all, all, all the same classes. Exactly. And so we... Um, we did like university studies through A&M, which means we got to build our own degree plan and customize it to exactly what we wanted because we both wanted a business degree because originally Suzette thought she wanted to open up a dental practice and I knew I wanted to open up a chiropractic practice. So we both thought, hey, business degrees would be great, but we still need to hit all of our prereqs. So we developed a plan, submitted it to the university, and they said, yes, you can do this. And so that's what we did. We got a business degree with minors in Kim and sports management for myself and then Kim and BIMS mm-hmm. for her. So that way she got all her prereqs, I got all mine, um, and then we were able to just do that. So we had all of the same classes from like our sophomore year, from my sophomore year all the way through when we graduated. I was just, a, I was in like basically two classes ahead of her, but I was able to switch them around to where I could take them at the same time she was taking them. So I was taking like entry level 100 level classes when I was a senior with a bunch of freshmen which were actually harder than my level 400 classes because like the professors just didn't care. They just weed out classes. And I'd been there for three years already. They were trying to weed me out. Did you live up to the list, Suzette, in college? For the most part, we had, I mean, we had our struggles, of course, because we were 19 and 20 years old, married and in college. So um, we definitely, there were the struggles, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Because we got to learn a lot through it. So you came from um, volleyball mm-hmm. and then kept working. I mean, you, you were probably in great shape working yeah. out. And so did you guys, did you keep working out throughout college at A&M? Was there a point that you stopped? What, were your, what did your workouts look like at a, in college station? When we were here, we were doing a lot of, I hated going up to the rec at A&M because it was just so packed. So, so packed. And I would never paid for a gym membership in my life. So I didn't want to go try out a gym. So I was like, I'll just do something at home. And we ended up bringing my home gym from Albany up there. We're using that, doing like P90X five days a week um, and doing all that kind of stuff and got in pretty dang good shape. And we were playing intramurals every night of the week. Like I was playing football, basketball, soccer, um, and softball. And so we were able to do that and stay active pretty much the whole entire time. And then when we started working for Dr. Johnson at his chiropractic clinic, then it just got even more so. Suzette ended up becoming, I guess, the liaison for our patients and, I guess, was it, was it called Station CrossFit at the time or was it just BoomFit? It was, well, it was, we called ourselves BoomFit, but it was still College Station CrossFit. Okay, so yeah. there, she was the liaison for that. So if any of our patients at that time ever wanted to go in and do it, Suzette had already been here and doing that a little bit. And I think she got to do that for like six or nine months. It was like right before we left. And you were coming out to the Bryan location, right? Yep. 
And then was there somebody else from the office that was coming out there? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how was, like, that was 2012, 13, maybe? 13, yeah. Yeah, so. Or 12, I guess 12, because you had just left for school. So how was mm-hmm. that experience, like, your first exposure to CrossFit, um, being a college athlete, but a couple years out, you know, college student? I liked it because I like more high-intensity stuff. Those are the kind of, and it's, we've, Ben and I have talked about it, like, CrossFit is, they were genius for coming up with it, because it's made for the athletes that are no longer athletes anymore, and you can, like, totally just keep competing without... It's made for athletes that don't have a sport anymore. There we go, that's the word. And it's like, hey, let's compete at working out. <laughs> yeah. And make millions and, so and millions of dollars. it's totally made for those people that can do that, and so, um, I really liked it, because it was, like, you have an hour... You do your hour workout, and then you can go and live your life and not have to be, like, jumbling things together. Um, I think at the time, though, I didn't really realize it was CrossFit. Like, I'd heard of CrossFit, but I didn't make the connection that, that like, what we were doing was CrossFit then. It was just me going and working out. For, I, I don't understand why I didn't make that connection until way later in life. Um, but it was fun. I really liked it. Um, and since you guys were working, so Dr. Drew, the chiropractor you guys were working with, um, understanding a little bit more about, we'll call it just anatomy and biomechanics, and as you have continued in CrossFit, and even at that time while you guys were working in the clinic and you were coming to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, what do you... How, how, how do those two work well together? How do those two not work well together? I mean, what is your opinion? Like coming to the CrossFit gym for the first time, knowing that you're treating patients at Dr. Drew's office, me in particular every week, probably right. with a different ache. <laughs> um, you know, were, were there any initial thoughts like, man, these people are crazy or, you know, oh, this is the best workout plan I've ever been a part of? Not for me. Uh, mostly because I just, um, that's my kind of style of working out, so I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I don't, I don't like to sit and just lift weights. That's not my thing. And so the more crazy it can be, the better off I am. So it, it didn't really. And Ben, you didn't start across, you you went up to chiropractor school Mm -hmm. and then Suzette, you joined them eventually? Yep. Yeah. So when y'all were up in Dallas, was it? Yeah. yeah. Was there, did you guys plug into a CrossFit gym or did you guys work out anywhere? Do P90X or anything like that? We had a gym that we worked out at um, that was part of our school and part of the facility. And so I was, you know, already coming out of my tuition. So I did a bunch of stuff there. I had a bunch of friends that I would be treating while we were in school that were all doing CrossFit. And so I'd go with them like once or twice and that kind of stuff. But nothing ever really big. We didn't ever... We had always planned to get into CrossFit, but we, I mean, all of our money was going to school and then living, so we weren't able to actually pay for a membership anywhere um, until we got back down here, and that was actually one of the first things that we did was get plugged back in here, and so like when we were going through school, it was more... Just on our own fitness. Yeah, just fitness on our own and just a lot of learning, just because I was in school from 7 to 5, and that's the actual school, and not including studying afterwards every day of the week, so... And when you guys moved back here, when exactly? 
Uh, December 10th of 2016. Yeah, so, and you guys were here right away. I remember y'all reached out. We started yep. whatever the first day of January of 2017 was. Yeah, that was our first day. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the first Monday was. Yeah. So, it, you know, sounds like you guys have been pretty active your whole life. Like, you guys didn't hit this moment of, like, you know, uh, no working out or sedentary or am I hearing that wrong? Is that right? There was one time that I got sedentary and the only reason was because <laughs> I'd done, I think it was like three cycles of P90X at this point and Suzette likes to remember it as if I skipped all the leg days, which <laughs> I didn't. It was just plyometrics so that it doesn't actually build any muscle mass on you. You totally skipped all the leg days. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not really, though. But she was like, she came up to me one day and was like, Ben, your upper body is too big for your lower body. You look weird. And I was like, <laughs> it's like I just went through the hardest workouts I've done in my life, like 120 days straight. And you're telling me that you don't like how I look? And she was just like, yes. And I was just like, fine, I'm not going to work out. And I don't think I worked out for about a year and a half. You took it out on your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like, well, fine, I'm just going to, I'll so get fat. Let that, like that be a lesson for the wives out there listening to always be sweet and sensitive yes. to their husbands. And I was not. I was, no. I was more blunt than what I actually should have been. Well, she was just like, your arms are too big. Your legs are too small. So you, well, so you for a year and a half, more. did you gain weight? Mm, uh, uh, you're I think I stayed about the same weight. I just lost muscle mass yeah. and put fat on instead. <laughs> So I just got thicker, not so much bigger. But once we got into chiropractic school, I got a, I got a hold of like three other guys that we would work out daily. And so it was very good because I didn't always want to work out. And so they would be like, no, we need to go. We're going. This is where we're meeting. And since we all had the same schedule, it was a lot easier to work out with them. And I'd probably say I got in the best shape then. And then once we started opening up the practice, coming back here, even though we were coming here, before we actually opened the doors in June, we were coming here almost daily and got really good and then once the doors opened, it's been a little bit harder to get in just because our schedule's been a little bit crazier. But I would say like right up to June is probably the best shape I've been in outside of high school. Of 17. Yeah. Of seven. Yeah. So basically take me from January to June, if you call it that, or even January to now, the last year. Um, how is transitioning from either P90X or just that kind of workout now to a CrossFit style workout or, you know, this type of programming? I love it because it's it's programming first and foremost I don't have to think about what we're doing when we come in you point the way and tell me do this and I say yes sir and I do it I'd say it a lot louder and with a lot more complaining in between there but I do it um, I like to give the coaches a hard time when we're doing certain things um, but I've loved it I like the I like the style of workouts I like the high intensity I like that we incorporate full body movements into everything that we do um, I hate that it's so stinking hip flexor intensive on everything because my hip flexors get shot a lot. But I mean, it means I'm working and actually doing something. So I'm fine with it. I love being sore. It means I did something and CrossFit keeps me sore a lot. So I've liked it. And the community is by far the best. I would say above everything else, having a group of people that keep you accountable. When you walk in, they're like, oh, hey, Ben, haven't seen you in three days. What have you been doing? And it's like... <laughs> I had meetings, yo. And they're like, uh-huh. We had other classes. I'm just like, well, thank you. Mm -hmm. What That's about you, Suzette? Um, like I said, I, I like high-intensity workouts, so that was always really good for me. Um, so I guess until 
July, probably. Um, like, I was feeling really good as far as, like, fitness-wise just because we were doing lots of cardio and strength work. Um, and so that was fun to be able to do. Um, and just kind of see, like, the progression of, like, strength-wise how I've gotten. Because um, all through high school and everything, let's get real, like, you don't really do weights and stuff like you kind of do but not it's really. trash not programming for, in high school not for trash. girls not for girls especially and so i didn't really know like what i had the potential to do or didn't have the potential to do and so it was cool to be able to see that and just to be able to keep a log of it and know like how much better what i need to work on um then in i guess around july august i found out i was pregnant and so kind of had to like scale things a little differently either because i was throwing up or because i just core strength is different um so i've had a lot of learning experiences the past six months or so but i have goals for like after pregnancy what i want to do um so i want i've told ben that my goal is that um once once braxton is born i want to be able to be in shape enough and fit enough to be able to do really well at the BCS Classic. We'll do the scaled version, of course, but I want to be able to like do that really well and be able to like, compete in that. Because um, basically, since we got here, I was able to do the Open, but then all the other competitions, I've been pregnant during. Mm -hmm. And so the competitor in me is really missing out on getting to do all these competitions. So I get to stare at everybody having all this great time and I'm over on the sidelines. So that'll be my opportunity to jump back in. That's awesome. And, and did you work out throughout your first pregnancy? I did. So at the very beginning, we did a lot of like free weights um, mm -hmm. and just, just making sure everything stayed stable. Uh, for the last part, um, hips and everything were just so loose. I had to do a lot of like biking, um, a lot yoga, more cardio type lot stuff. more cardio things, which actually worked out really well for me. But um, this time around, I think it's been really good doing CrossFit while I was pregnant from the very beginning because um, it helped keep a lot of things more sturdy than what it would have otherwise. Um, like my hips were able to stay a lot more sturdy. Um, like shoulders, low back, I haven't had as many of like the issues as I remember having. So in, in what you guys do for a living, I know y'all see a lot of CrossFitters, you know, that come and mm -hmm. see y'all. What are some of the most common issues that you guys are dealing with with them and, or that they're coming to you for? And how can you help in, in those issues? Knees, low back, and shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so give me, yeah, that's perfect. Give me more on like, give, break, the, break each of those down individually. So most people, when they come in and say that their low back's hurting, it's one of two things. They don't have the correct amount of ankle mobility or flexibility that they need to. So when they try to go down and squat, they're having to flex too far forward, which then throws off their hip flexors, which most people don't realize your hip flexor attaches into all of your lumbar spine, so all of your low back. That gets super, super tight, and it presents as low back pain, even though it's your hip flexor that's becoming the issue. That happens almost nine times out of 10 when people come in with like low back pain from CrossFit because it is so hip explosive. You have to be able to get your hips open and a lot of times we don't do a great job of 
either getting it open or we open up too much. There's a nice little neutral zone, neutral spine is what everybody's always trying to get us to. Um, and sometimes, especially when we're learning or we're trying to go too fast or we didn't scale properly, um, people will try to either overextend like on a deadlift that really messes up your hip flexors. People trying to squat, their ankles can't move well enough so their knees don't go far forward enough and they're not able to stay upright so then they end up flexing at their hips way too much and their upper back is flexing down that kind of stuff. Knees is because your ankles aren't mobile enough, your knees try to start compensating for that. And so your body actually alternates mobile, stable, mobile, stable on all of its joints. So your ankles are supposed to be super, super mobile, knees are supposed to be stable, hips are supposed to be super, super mobile. Once you start having knee issues, the majority of the time it's because your hips are either not moving as well or your ankles. And the majority of the time it's the ankles because they, people do not have the amount of flexibility that they're supposed to in their ankles, um, which has been a real big thing. And then because everything's real shoulder intensive and overhead work, whether it's like snatches or clusters or thrusters or like kipping or even burpees on people, um, you have to use handstand push-ups, handstand walks, all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people have issues with shoulder mobility because their muscles get real nice and strong and stable, but your shoulder is supposed to be the most mobile joint in your body. And so they start losing that mobility and then something compensates somewhere else or the muscles are trying to compensate around their shoulders and end up having some sort of issues. And so we always go in and we test flexibility on everybody when they come in, making sure that their passive range of motion is where it's supposed to be at because that's the ground level of everything that you need. And then next on that pyramid is mobility, which is your active range of motion, making sure that you can go through everything like you're supposed to be able to. Then after that, it's muscle imbalances. And muscle imbalances is making sure everything fires correctly from left side to right side or just all the muscles in your shoulders. So like there's 19 muscles that affect your shoulder. Um, a lot of people only know how to work like four of those. Um, and so we work on how to stabilize all that kind of stuff and how to make sure that everything fires in, in the proper sequence. Because if everything fires at the exact same time, your shoulder doesn't move, it just stays there. So Which we is do. Where crossover symmetry comes in. Yeah, so stuff like crossover symmetry is great, helping really to get like what they call bulletproof shoulders, um, which is fantastic. And then from like muscle imbalances, we go to work rest ratio, making sure that you're not overworking yourself and not resting enough, because that's typically what it is. Then once we've got that down, then we go to work on skill. And so one of the things, <clears throat> there's a couple things y'all pointed out in your, what you just said. I'm going to start breaking them down individually. But like when people think chiropractor, they think adjustments and that's it. Mm -hmm. But like everything that you're saying is working on so much more than that. So give me kind of an idea if I'm somebody who's never been to your office like do you assess me? Do I come in and tell you like, oh man, my I don't know how to overhead squat, or man, my uh, my lower back is tight every time we work out, and I feel like I have to foam roll just for twenty minutes to loosen it up, only to hurt it again. Yep. Um, is adjustments a one part of that bigger picture, or is you know is it? You know, again, for some people, that's all they think you do. Like, yep. they don't, mm -hmm. they just see chiropractic and they just think they're going to crack my back. But everything that you're describing is more than that. So how do adjustments play into that? Does, does everybody get adjusted? Do some people not get adjusted? So I would say everyone that comes in, like, everyone that comes in to see us gets adjusted because I've yet to assess somebody and not found some sort of joint either impingement or lack of mobility, whether it's through the joint, the muscles, or the soft tissue that surrounds everything. Um, those are the main three areas that we work on is 
muscles, soft tissue or the connective tissue, and then the joints. So the joints is where we're like, if there's an issue there, we adjust it. If there's no issue, we don't adjust it. But I've yet to find somebody that does not have some sort of, you know, rotation in through their lumbar spine or their mid-back or their neck that's not, you know, compromising in some sort of movement fashion. When people come in, we assess them almost every time that they come in. Your first assessment is much more detailed because that's the full-on exam where we're spending like 20, 30 minutes just analyzing you exactly how you move, um, passive and through active range of motion, whether thing, what things are tweaking and hurting other things, what things might be compensating, and we kind of get like a 10,000 foot aerial view of all that kind of stuff. And then we, I go through and I diagnose you on what I think needs to happen. Then we go through and we do 45 minutes of muscle work and soft tissue work. And then at the end of that, I will reassess you making sure, hey, did these certain things clear up? Was it muscular or soft tissue related? Or is it still locked up? AKA meaning it's more joint related. So whatever's still really locked up, that's what then I adjust. So I like that process because it helps to prep the body and to hold it. And because our body is just a bunch of cables and wires holding up the big old structure. If those cables and wires are too tight and I try to adjust you, it could easily, not all the time, but it could very easily be so tight it pulls it right back out of alignment is what a lot of, a lot of people like to say. Um, but it's that's typically what our normal routine looks like. It's just... You guys also do the recovery lounge, which yes. is kind of a different option. Maybe somebody who's not interested in getting the soft tissue work or the adjustment, but what is the recovery lounge? So our recovery lounge is a twofold. There's passive recovery and active recovery. Active recovery is what everyone's taught how to do, like foam roll, the rolly stick. Um, what we teach is like a bunch of like rehab stuff or like the crossover symmetry that we were talking about earlier. Um, just a bunch of different little brain muscle mechanics that you can work through that actually help things to fire, not so much like an exercise and not so much like rehab, even though it looks like that, it's more prehab. Um, and then we have our passive recovery side, which is a side that everybody loves in the, our clinic that comes in there is our recovery pump products. And so what those do is it's, um, it's a pump that you put either like a boot sleeve on which is basically just looks like a really big old stocking that airs up, comes all the way from your feet all the way up to your hips. Um, you plug it into the pump, pick your pressure, and then it will sequentially compress from your feet through your heel, through your calf, through your knee, through your hamstrings and quads, flushing out any metabolic waste, which is lactic acid, deoxygenated blood, inflammation, any fluid that's sitting around in there that's not allowing your body to recover at its optimal rate. It will flush that out where your kidneys have to filter it and you get a bunch of fresh blood fresh oxygenated blood back to the extremities. So it pumps up for about a minute, then takes about 15 seconds off, lets fresh blood go back to it, and then it just cycles like that over and over and over again. And yeah, all it just feels good. Yeah, it feels yeah. fantastic. And you know what, there's a few podcasts a while back that I talked about, uh, you know, we focus on fitness here, right? So this is like your fitness plan. Yep. You know, weightlifting, gymnastics, cardiovascular endurance. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of a, a really well-rounded health plan is having a maintenance plan which is a real it's kind of what i think you guys come in is like maintaining that body so that you can continue to work it out yeah. the way that you want and a lot of times in our fitness plan we end up you know let's be honest we get hurt you know i mean mm -hmm. it might be major it might be minor yeah. um, but it could be a nagging pain and <clears throat> probably if we're maintenancing it well those come less often 
you know. Doesn't mean that you're, you know, invincible and that you can't get hurt if you're maintenancing it because there's always that, you know, time that we overdo it or but at the same time I think you guys do a great job of providing that maintenance plan to continue to just do life, right? Because you guys also don't just treat athletes. I mean, you guys work with anybody, right? Yep. Um, so you guys have talked about crossover symmetry a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were super generous and have hooked the gym up with some of those kits, and we're about to get them out as soon as these bathrooms are done. Mm-hmm. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what those are? So when we put them out, maybe the people that are listening to the podcast, when we put them out, they kind of know a little bit more about what mm-hmm. those things do. So the crossover symmetry was developed by some PTs and Kairos for Major League Baseball players. They were like, hey, we're seeing way too many elbow, shoulder, upper trap issues. Um, and so we need to develop a program that's going to be good for their shoulder and scap health. A lot of people don't realize that your scapula, your shoulder blade that sits on your back, actually has to, that's where all of your shoulder health comes from. And there's, like I said, 19 muscles that affect the shoulder. So this actually runs through basically making sure that all of them are firing correctly. So there's little gauges of scales. I think there's novice, athlete, and then elite that actually tells you, hey, this is the bands that you need to use. This is how many sets you need to do. This is when you need to do it. And these are the exercises that you need to do doing it. And this is how you do it. And it's all on this little block that sits right in front of it, which I love. Because I can take somebody through it one time, show them, break it down, show them how to use it. And then after that, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. So instead of everyone always using their delts and their traps to move everything through their shoulders, it actually takes those out of play. It makes you basically contract your lats, pull your shoulders all the way down, and depress them, and then go through every single one of the motions. That way you're not actually using your big muscles to move your shoulders around. You're using all your small or intrinsic muscles is what they're called. And so when those start to activate and fire correctly, that's when your shoulder health starts to improve. I think Anthony was, um, I finally showed Anthony the crossover symmetry, and or TJ, and got him using it. And then he PR'd his strict press by like 20 pounds, like a week and a half after implementing that into his program. Wow. So like even just literally getting all your muscles to fire correctly. And it, it does it in the correct sequence. So you do all these movements in the would, sequence. Would it be it accurate through. then to say that he was firing 80% of his muscles? I'd say that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so it, wake, it wakes it up, and which, you know, we'll have obviously some instruction so people will know how to use those. But yep. so nice of you guys to do that. So thank you all for that. Um, so in this last year, uh, you know, how uh, – I'm going to kind of go back to your fitness journey. You know, nutrition I think is important in general and as health professionals which you guys are and even going back to the dr drew days you know i know he talked a lot about nutrition so what are you guys like how's your personal eating and how does that factor into your practice like do you guys talk about nutrition with patients do you guys um you know have certain thoughts about personal nutrition i mean what are y'all practicing in your home what can you guys expand on nutrition so nutrition for us, um, because we grew up in a small southern town, um, grew up eating a lot of more like home cooked meals, which means like soups are in every casserole and lots of butter and fried stuff, which is really tasty. Um, it's good for the soul. But it's good for the soul, but not exactly the best to base off of for your life. Um, and so we've had to learn 
to light greens and learn to like vegetables. Um, so honestly, for us, we're still working on our nutrition. Um, it's like, it's kind of an uphill battle, honestly. Yeah. But uh, we're getting there. We ate Brussels sprouts, which was the first the past over the past did you did you bake two. them or cook them on the stove? Bake, bake them. them. How'd the smell go? Because I know pregnancy, like smelling stuff, is uh, more potent in people. I don't really. I didn't do issue. Fine. Yeah. All I remember is luckily I, I was far enough out of the nauseous part that didn't. didn't I cooked Brussels sprouts one time, and let's just say we haven't cooked them since because I think Alicia's senses were a little strong. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, could, that's good. Yeah. Brussels sprouts are great. So you guys are kind of in the like trying to get better in nutrition, yeah. and so that's not really something that you talk about with your patients or. If they ask, we will most of the time, like Ben emphasizes a lot, like, "Hey, we're gonna be really great at what we're good at, and then in areas that even we struggle, we're gonna refer out to someone that knows better because otherwise we'd just be telling them information that." you know, could only partially help them. Yeah. Um, so that's smart. And I think that's a good sign of it, you know, knowing what sandbox you're playing in yeah. and what you do really well. And yeah. So. And so with that kind of stuff, like we have, we don't want to be a jack of all trades and a king of none. So mm -hmm. we take our one to two areas that we are good at, that we want to focus on recovery and athletic peak performance. And we try to excel in that area. And anybody that comes in that asks me about nutrition, if it's basic nutrition questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. I'm more than happy to talk about really anything that anybody ever brings up. Sometimes I feel like a psychologist when they're in an office too. Um, but I will send them to like Jordan who does a ton of like nutritional type stuff. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not the greatest at this because that's not what I focused on when I was going through school. I focused on a ton of this other stuff. I had a ton of friends that would do both because it goes hand in hand. Peak performance, athletic performance, and nutrition goes hand in hand. If you don't have the fuel going in, you can't burn it correctly. Yeah. And so I understand that. And so that's why I tell people, like, if you don't have it right, then go here because this is what she does. Yeah. This is what I do. We make a great team. That's why Brittany and I work so well together because there's sometimes that soft, the amount of soft tissue that we do is not enough. And I'm like, hey, listen, you need more than this. You need to go see her. And then she'll find some people that are it's more joint-related. She's like, hey, you need to go see Ben. And then we literally just flop people back and forth. And our best results and our best athletes see both of us. That yeah. kind of stuff. And they use a team of professionals and not just one jack-of-all-trades. So. Love it. So if somebody's been listening and they've never been to your clinic and they don't even know where it is, how do you – where are you located and how do you actually set up a time to come in? Do you just show up? Or do you make an appointment? Everything, fortunately, is by appointment only. Um, except for the recovery lounge. People can, they drop in all the time that want to try it out and we let them try it out. Outside of that, it's like 50 bucks a month for unlimited use on it. Unless they're a patient. If they're a patient, then they have access to it every time that they come in. Um, but we are located in South College Station, um, Tower Point-ish area. Pretty much in between Arrington, William D. Fitch, in Greens Prairie. There's a little corner, there's like a Rattler's gas station, there's a Taco Casa, there's a new Angry Elephant bar that just got opened up, and the big car wash that has a huge Texas flag on there. So we are literally right in between all of them. And so they just reach out, they just call and make an yeah. appointment? Typically calling is the best. We have a way to where you can go to our website, which is alphasportscairo.com, and you can like email us through that. There's like a little fill-in box out the bottom. 
video, um, then we're going to tell the, you, hey, call us. Yeah, the fastest and easiest way, because we can keep emailing back and forth, and you can tell me sometimes that work great that I have open, but by the time that I check it, it may not be open because when I'm in the office, I'm 100% focused on whoever I'm working on. So I don't have my cell phone on me. Uh, my parents get mad at me all the time because they have to call the office if they want to talk to me because I don't answer my cell phone. I don't check emails until I'm either at lunch or at end of the work day. And so I am focused on whoever I'm with at that time. Yeah. So the easiest way to get in is definitely to call. But I mean, we've, we've had plenty of people just email us and then we say, hey, give us a call when you have yeah. time. Perfect. So last question, title of the podcast, Building Better People. Mm-hmm. And that saying, those three words, are kind of rooted in this idea that we believe that every person, when they're working out, they're becoming, becoming a better version of themselves. Um, what does that mean to you, or how is that true in your life? And you guys can answer however you want, whoever wants to go first. I guess for me, we... We had, all throughout college, because we did get married so young, most people didn't quite know what to do with us. Um, as far as, like, getting involved in church or in groups or things like that, like, people didn't quite know what to do. So they'd be like, do you need to ask your husband if you can come? And I'm like, no, I'm a person. Like, I'm an adult. I can go where I need to. So um, we, as far as, like, beginning of our marriage and everything, we didn't really have a community base. Um, For the most part, we had a few friends, but not as a whole. Um, And so, uh, the gym as a whole, for me, has been a great experience of being able to have a community base around me. Um, Because we did grow up in a really small town where basically it was all my family. So I've been surrounded by, like, people loving on me and encouraging me my whole life so going into like an experience where I was like I've only got maybe a handful of people like to really rely on so it was good to like get that experience back um so building better people for me is not not only just the physical side but really the emotional part of it as well um which has been Great. We had some friends who were in CrossFit while we were, while Ben was going through chiropractic school, and they always talked about how great of friends they had, and we were just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't think that's true. You're just a fitness junkie now, and your brain's, like, warped. Um, and so, uh, but, like, since joining here, which, you know, every gym has its great community from what I understand and can see. Um, but it's been really great to be able to have people to rely on that know your life and um, it builds a community and helps people to be better friends and care for each other in ways that like like Ben was saying like if you're not there for a day or two or even like a week or two weeks sometimes people are like hey where have you been like been concerned about you and you'll get texts and things like that so it's that's probably been the biggest thing for me as far as like what building better, building better people is. It's awesome. just not just the fitness side, but like an emotional balance too. Love it. Yeah. I think for me, it's um, so I treated a lot of CrossFit athletes before I ever did CrossFit, and I know of the movements, but I never had really ever experienced them in a workout myself, other than just understanding and being like a master of biomechanics and that kind of stuff. 
um, and anatomy. So doing that has made me become more in depth with our treatments and actually being a better chiropractor, I would say, and being able to treat those athletes because we do see a ton of CrossFit athletes. We're not a doctor's office that you're going to come into to where it doesn't feel like a gym. Like it is very open. It's got music playing. None of the bays are closed off where we do all of our work. So you, you feel like you're still in an athletic environment. And at the same time, I'm not going to tell you to stop doing whatever athletic activity that you've come to love and learn to either lose weight or get in a better shape with. So as you start making yourself better, which is exactly what we try to do every time that we come in here, like I want to be able to run around with my kids when I'm, you know, 45 and not huff and puff. I want to be able to throw the football and not only be able to throw it for five minutes because my shoulder's aching and killing me, you know. Like I, I grew up having those things happen and I don't, I don't want to do that to my kids. I want to be able to run around with them as much as they want. And even though getting used to CrossFit, you're pretty stinking tired for about a month, but after about that first month hit, you've got energy because running around with my daughters is not like doing a 12 minute AMRAP, <laughs> which I hate. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.